Good morning, PCA. On your feet. It's time to worship our awesome God. Amen. He is so good to us. Lord, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you for all that you've already done for us, for all that you're going to do for us. You are awesome, Lord. You are awesome, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, one more time. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom. 
is nothing to you. We bless your holy name, God. We bless your holy name, God. To you, Lord, be all the greatness, the glory, the honor, the majesty, and the victory, Lord. I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life. sent Jesus down here as our example and he died for our sin. The Father raised him back up again, put him at his right hand, called him our Prince and our Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have seen with my own eyes your faithfulness, oh God. So I refuse to believe the lies that war against my soul.
Lord, for all you've done. You are beautiful, God. You know, our God likes to take things that are dead and make them not dead. He breathes new life into things, right? If you've been born again, he breathes new life into you, right? Yes. Thank you, Lord. He'll take your situations. He'll take even dreams that you think are dead. And if he wants you to have them, he will do it. Thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Oh, I've searched the world. But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise and treasures that fade
winter morning to dance with yes you do you give beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory you're the only for who you are God you are beautiful you are beautiful I love that he gives us forgiveness and mercy and grace just because we ask sincerely it's a gift it's nothing that we can ever pay back thank you Lord thank you Lord you are beautiful stood as a swan in the midst of a God who kept pouring out kindness. I once stood with an angry clenched fist till he whispered and silenced my fighting. Undone, undone, I could not escape it. Ten thousand times I could sing it. There's ten thousand ways I've received it. It never runs out. It never grows cold. Just when I thought I'd reached the limit, it keeps pouring out. I'm drowning in it. It won't shut me out. It won't let me go, so I'll keep singing on and on of this grace. I'll keep singing on. Thank you, Lord. Some may say that it's foolish, but how could we ever grow tired of such goodness? I 
kneeling there 
love on him some more. Lord, we bless you. We worship your name. We thank you. We thank you for who you are and for all that you've done for us, God. Help us to not take you for granted and all that you have done. Help us not to take that for granted, God. You, Lord, alone are worthy of all our glory and all the honor and all the praise. And I love you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts right now. If there's anyone in this place who does not know you, that they will come to you today, right now. Touch every heart, Lord. Those that may be serving you, but they've maybe been compromising or not spending time with you like they should. Maybe they've stepped away. We know you're always there. But sometimes we distance ourselves from you. Lord, I pray that you'll prick those hearts today and soften them to you, that they will run to you for a closer relationship. You are so awesome, Lord. I'm so grateful for who you are, that you always want to be near me. You always want to have an intimate relationship with us. Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. I want everyone to know what it's like to be close to you. Because you are so God. You are so good. You are perfect in all your ways. And everything you do is for our good. Even when we don't understand it and it seems difficult and hard and overwhelming, you allow it for our good. That we'll run to you. That we'll see you work miracles in our lives. We'll see you grow us up and change us, Lord. I love you. I praise you. And I thank you, God. Be glorified. Be glorified in this place, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I know you're here. Do your work. Do your work in every heart. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. I thank you and I praise you. Amen. Let's give him another shout. Thank you, Lord. You are awesome, God. You are beautiful. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Good morning, PCA family. You can be seated. It is great to see you. We're so happy that you can join us here in the house or you're joining us uh, online. We're so glad to have you as well. But listen, if you're within driving distance and you are online, man, we want to encourage you to come back together again. There's nothing quite like getting together, uh, being with your brothers and sisters in the presence of God. Amen. So, man, we sure want to invite you to come back to the house uh, as you are able, we'd love to see you in person. And uh, we just want to encourage you in this time of giving uh, to remind you, we just want to facilitate with you in uh, all manner of ways online, in the, in the kiosk, in the lobby. You can get the app on your phones. Uh, if you even have some leftover Marshmallow Peak gift certificates from Easter, we'll, we'll even receive those as an offering to the Lord if you want somebody. Come on. We just want to help you in however you can give to God. We just want to bless you. Now, listen, I want to give you a quick testimony, if I can. About 15 years ago or so, when Karen and I were serving at a church in Branson, a great missionary ministry came in and visited us. And uh, they tried to intervene in a practical way and interrupt uh, what basically is a human trafficking ring uh, in an Eastern European nation. And uh, we heard stories of unspeakable things that uh, organized crime do 
and they purposefully prey and uh, kidnap and enslave uh, into prostitution and other things uh, young girls just in their middle teens. And it is a horrific, horrific thing. And Ms. Karen and I, Pastor Karen and I, over the years, we kind of developed, you know, a little shorthand. And we just kind of decided that, you know, at that church is really large and spread out. And so we just always said, look, if we have a special ministry or something, unless one of us can see the other and say God's put something special on our heart, we just would always just tend to give $50. That was just kind of our standby special offering, you know, somebody came in. Well, so we had this check ready to go and man I'm listening to this in this ministry time and the Holy Spirit just grabs me and it just, that, that's just not good enough son you just and so I ran over to Pastor Karen I said look tear this check up we're writing a check for $500 to give this ministry we just got to do better so we're going to give $500 and I went back and I sat there and I listened to the rest and I kind of started just patting myself on the back ooh that $500 that's a good offering that's a good offering $500 that's a good and in the course of the rest of the ministry, the, the missionary told that converting their money, the price they get, that organized crime gets when they buy one of these young ladies off the street to enslave in this horrific life, it translates to our money around $2,800. And the Holy Spirit says to me, now, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to talk to you this way. This is how he talks to me. He said, oh, I see. He said, the son of the devil can be blessed, and a son of the devil can come up with $2,800 to enslave one of these girls. But here you are, a son of the Most High, and I've blessed you in every way, but you act like you can't come up with $2,800 to try to set one of these girls free. And I kind of dropped my head, and I took a deep breath, and I got up from my seat again, and I walked over to Pastor Karen again, and I tore up the $500 check, and I said, we got to write a check for $2,800 to go on this offering. Pastor Brian, why are you telling this stuff? Here's why I'm telling this stuff. Now fast forward. Now our circumstances have changed and we're going through four years of stuff that we never thought we'd be into. And we go through this situation with my health and having to leave full-time ministry and through disability. We find ourselves a confluence of two big governmental programs we're in and the disability drags on for four years. And I've been praying and believing and all kinds of stuff. We had to compromise our lifestyle and uh, leave our home and all these things. So we've been believing, and finally we get the answer. God finally gives us an award, and finally we get prevail. We prevail on the case, and we get some financial blessings back that have been withheld for this long period of time. And so we consult our attorneys about what, what we do, and accountants, and we do our due diligence and everything, and we think we've finally gone through the woods and. Then all of a sudden, the very end of last year, they tell us, oh, by the way, after all this, uh, you're going to owe us a reimbursement to the government of $27,000 and change. And on this other claim, upwards of $10,000 you got to pay back. Well, that just didn't sit right with us. Because we knew this was our money that God had finally sent our way and blessed us, and we knew that the devil cannot curse what God has blessed. And so we started seeking more experts, and finally we ended up with some CPA experts in Springfield, Missouri, who specialize in clergy matters, and we were waiting, and we finally got the update conference call, and we just said, sick them, you know, just sick them, just sick, sick them, you know. And 
And we're waiting to hear the good news. And the week before the traditional tax time, April 15th, and we, were, we just knew we were going to hear good news from this special CPA. And he says, guess what? I can't find a thing. You're going to have to pay it. He said, are you serious? He said, well, there's only one thing left. He said, they've extended the tax year a month because of all the COVID stuff. And it has been known on a rare occasion that the IRS can release last-minute official guidance to all the tax preparers in the nation. Who knows? I don't think it'll happen. I don't have any clue it'll happen. Who knows? Maybe they'll issue something, and it might give us some relief. So we kept on praying. We just went to Branson for a couple of days, and while we were in Branson, the CPA called us late Friday afternoon. He says, guys, I've been saving your call to the end of the week because I wanted to wait and give somebody good news. What's the good news? He said, you know that $27,000? Duh, yes, we know the $27,000. He said, well, guess what? Not only do you not have to pay all of it, we just found out you don't have to pay a dime of it. So we were sitting in our car at a, you know, quick trip or something, and we had him on our Bluetooth speakers in our car. So after Miss uh, Pastor Karen and I had a little praise party, and we applauded, and he started laughing over the speakers. And I said, okay, that's, I can't, but that's great. Now, how much of the 10 are we going to have to pay? I'm so glad we don't have to pay the 27 k How much of the 10 are we going to have to pay? He said, well, it's funny. You thought my good news is over, but it's not over. He said, of the 10 you only had to pay a tithe of that. You only had to pay $1,000 of that. So God took $37,000 mountain, and he says, oh, let me whittle it down to just a grand. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. If that was your checkbook, you'd be, you'd be praising louder than that if that was your checkbook. Jesus, tell us, when you sacrifice and give into my kingdom, I'll see to it on my checkbook, not yours. I'll see to it that you reap 30, 60, 100 fold, whatever you need in this lifetime. It's not beyond my reach. I'll rebuke the one who seeks to devour you and yours. I will rebuke him. You don't have to fight him. I'll take care of him, son. I'll take care of him, daughter. Come on, somebody. If you're not ready to give now, I cannot help you better than that. Come on, ushers. Come on, ushers. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are the Lord of our every harvest. And your harvest always comes in the form in which we need it most. Sometimes money, maybe sometimes healing, maybe sometimes peace in our families, which can be assaulted in a variety of ways. But your harvest will always come in the exact form in which we need it. And it will be right on time in the perfect season of which our need is the greatest and may be perceived as the most impossible. You are the God who makes all things possible. I thank you for the miracles you are birthing in this house and in the houses of all these families represented today. The miracles you are birthing now in this moment as we continue to show ourselves faithful to return to you your tithe and to sow our best seed of our offerings into your kingdom. Take these gifts. Do something that only you can do. Reach someone that we could not reach on our own. Change their lives and then, Father, Bring us our harvest as you have promised you will do.
We thank you for it. We believe you in this moment that you will do more than we even ask or think. In your name, amen. Amen. Pastor Brian, I feel like the word just the Lord just gave me a word that there should be a $36,000 gift from somebody here in the church this month. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What? Yeah. It's good to see you today. Amen. This week's been a good week. The first two days we spent in what we call a district council. Um, for those of you who don't know, we're an Assembly of God church. Assembly of God structure has the general council, which is in Springfield, Missouri. And then we have district councils in each state. Some states or bigger states have multiple districts. Uh, but ours is called the Oklahoma District. And um, this last Monday and Tuesday, we went to district council, and, uh, which was in Oklahoma City, Edmond uh, area. And uh, had a great time, had a great time. We elected a new superintendent. Uh, Brother Frank Cargill had been the superintendent of this district for 25 years. And 17 years prior to that, he was the district youth director. And so he uh, retired. We elected a new district superintendent by the name of Daryl Wooten. He's the pastor in uh, Spirit Church in Bartlesville. So you need to pray for that church today because that pastor is going to be resigning. Uh, I hope that church is ready. I know they are. It's God's will. But uh, he was elected, he and his lovely wife, Faith, to fill that position. And uh, so we thank God for a great district council. It's always good to go to district council because I go there and I don't have to do anything with praise and worship. I don't have to do anything about preaching. Uh, one of the speakers was a young man that um, gave me fits when I was the assistant, assistant district youth director in North Texas. Uh, he was one of the young men. He and his brothers gave me fits at camp. They were always rowdy, always in trouble. And he was one of the guest speakers at district council. Aren't you? Isn't it amazing what youth camp can do to somebody and what church can do uh, to somebody? Um, today I'm very conflicted because I have everything planned out. And now it's kind of getting all messed up. And so... Um, while I'm kind of figuring out what to do here, I do want to welcome all of our guests. If you're a guest with us today, uh, thank you first and foremost for being here. Our guests are very important to us, and we pray three things happen. Number one, that you feel the presence of God. Number two, that you feel welcomed. And number three, you got to come back again. Um, even if for nothing else, this morning I walked by the blueberry cream cheese pastries five or six times. I, I even had a prayer over them. I said, God, if the next time I come back here and there's not any left, I'll know it'll be a sign. I was putting out a fleece that I should not have one. Uh, but what I didn't see was there was not only the ones in the plate, but there was a big rack of them behind there. And I thought, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I didn't see that when I prayed, but um, I stayed away from them because I, um, I want to make sure I'm always doing what God wants me to do. And so we had a big production thing we're going to be doing. I'm thinking we're kind of going to not do that. Okay, guys up there, we're not going to do that. So um, I want you to stand with me today. I had something totally different planned, but God says go this way. This is the way we're going to go. Take your Bible, take your sword, rattle it a little bit, make all of hell kind of nervous right now because you're about to hear the Word of God. The devil does not want you to hear the Word of God. He's going to distract you from hearing the Word of God, and that's why we need to pray. Keep our minds fixed on things above. Amen? Repeat this after me. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy Word 
is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, please speak to the pastor. Amen. I love having sermon notes. I love making sure I'm prepared. And today I have none of those. Probably the first time in 20-something years. I want to share something with you. I believe that God is beginning to do some things in our church. Um, this last week I called some best friends of mine. I have uh, four other, three other pastors that I am accountable to. We make each other accountable. And when we call each other, we can call each other sporadically. And when we call each other, we ask each other questions uh, that we must answer truthfully. Now, isn't that sad that you have to ask a pastor to answer truthfully? But sometimes, you know, pastors can kind of just enlarge things. The truth and stretch it a little bit or minimize it. But we have these questions we ask each other. And so I was sharing with them. We talked about, did you read your Bible today? That's a good thing. You should call somebody sometimes. Hey, did you read your Bible today? Uh, did you pray today? You know, uh, have, you, um, have you had any thoughts that were impure that you have not asked God to forgive you for? You may think, why do pastors need to ask pastors this? Because we are seeing pastors fail in the pulpit, and we've been doing this for decades. So we do this, and uh, I was sharing with them something that happened in our church just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had a five-year election, and um, I shared that you elected Sandy and I, which we are very honored to be your pastors, but it was 100%. And that had never happened in this church. Yeah. And I, and I say that for this reason. Uh, one of these guys has been pastoring his church for over 45 years, okay? He's solid, rock solid uh, guy. Another guy's been pastoring for over 50 years. Not the same church, but two churches in that 50 years. And they, they said, man, that has never happened to us. Can you believe that? So I began to think about that. They both, they both independently, these were two different phone calls, they both shared with me, Dwayne, God is doing something in that church to have that much unity. And I said, I know, I just, I'm just not sure what yet. So we go to district council, and there are phenomenal speakers. And, but this passage of Scripture just jumped out at me. And like I said, I had planned something totally different, so you're not going to be having notes today or anything like that, but I just want you to listen to my heart for a little bit, if you wouldn't mind doing that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. The last couple of weeks I've been preaching on this. Well, we've never done it that way. And I talked about how that sometimes God does things different in every circumstance. He may not always do it the same way in your circumstance as he does mine. And then last week I preached on, well, this is the way we should always do it. And I think there has to be a balance between both because I think sometimes we get caught up in church. We've always got to do it the same way because that's the way it's always been done. 
We've always done it that way. But then sometimes the people will come in and go, well, let's do things different. Let's shake it up because I want it to where we should never do it the same way twice. We, we've got to always be doing something different. And I think sometimes there's, there's need for both. There's sometimes we need to do things the same way, but then there's sometimes we need to do things different. Uh, this week we had communion at District Council Week. We're going to have it today, a little bit later. But during that communion... Uh, the speaker said this. He said, the disciples were probably looking at Jesus and said, well, we've never done the Lord's Passover like this before. And when he said that, it just pierced my heart. We've never done it like this before, Jesus. Jesus was bringing in a new way of the communion, the Lord's table, the Eucharist, whatever you want to call it. But then I think sometimes we should always do things a certain way. And so I've been talking about these different pastors, Pastor Moses, Pastor Joshua, Pastor Jehoshaphat. But today I want us to look at uh, Pastor Ezekiel. Pastor Ezekiel, he, God gives him a church. Ezekiel 37 verse 1 says this, The hand of the Lord was on me. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that what we want more than anything else? We cannot just read that quickly. We've got to stop and say, God... We want your hand on our church. Because if his hand's on our church, everything else will be okay. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. Isn't that where you want to start a church? In the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? It's a great question, isn't it? I believe sometimes we get put into impossible situations. And I preached this the last couple of weeks because... With man, all things are impossible. All things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So here, Pastor Ezekiel starting out a church, and he starts out with just a bunch of bones. Isn't that the way you want to start a church? I thought about that. We started our first church in a funeral home. I told people, don't go to sleep. And I look really good under the cosmetic lighting every Sunday. Got my flesh tones just right. But Ezekiel's starting out in an impossible place. I want you to have a church. I want you to have an army. But here's what you're going to start out with. Very, very dry bones. I mean, not just some bones that are out there that are still kind of halfway connected, still some tendons and, you know, a little bit of flesh on them. Nothing decomposed. Just dead, dry, dry bones. And here's what he said, Sovereign Lord. How many know that God is sovereign and God can do whatever God wants to do and God can do it however God wants to do it? That's why sometimes we can say, God will always do it this way. Sometimes we'll say, well, God has never done it like that before because He's sovereign God. He says, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. When you're facing the enemy, 
And God says, can you win this battle? Is it going to be possible for you to come out of this? Uh, Pastor Brian, is it possible for the government to let loose of your money? Hey, only you know, God. Only you, when you're facing cancer, am I going to be healed? God, only you know. When I'm facing a divorce, when I'm facing a marriage situations, finances, whatever it may be, health situations, will this be possible, God? Only you know. Only you know. And sometimes he does things different in every situation. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, every pastor in the world is supposed to be doing one thing. Preach the word. Preach the word. And everybody within the sound, whether in place or by live stream, every other person's responsibility is to do one thing. Hear the word of the Lord. And sometimes the word of the Lord may be to you different than what I am saying. This week I was listening to speakers, but the whole time God was saying something different to me. Why? Because I needed to hear the word of the Lord. I don't need to hear man's words. I need to hear God's words. And sometimes me and God hook up and we're in sync and we say the exact same things. But sometimes because of your situation, I may say something, but God speaks something different into your hearts. That's why when we ask people sometimes, what did the pastor preach on? They give you 50,000 different answers. Because the Holy Spirit speaks to you the word of God that you need to hear. Then he said to me, prophesy, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Today, do you know? That he is the Lord. Do you know that? Because if you know that, then it doesn't matter what you're facing. As a matter of fact, it may be easier to face a valley of dry bones than sometimes critical people in your ear. It might be easier to face a valley of dry bones than a whole bone filled with nothing but you can't, won't happen. Never going to see it done. And sometimes the enemy comes in and we would rather the enemy just be dried up. But he comes in and boy, he's got a lot to say, doesn't he? We've got to know that he's Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. And this is something that you will find very common with God doing something. Noise. That's why you can tell by the volume of a church's praise 
if God is doing something. I'm not talking about the musicians because we can turn that up and down. I'm not talking about the singers. We can turn them up and down. I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me. The volume, the noise that we are making is always equivalent to what God is doing in our lives. If we are down and despondent and feel like nothing's going right, our praise is going to be down and despondent. And there won't be much noise coming out of your life. But if you realize that He is Lord, that He is King, that He is coming soon, that no matter what you're facing, God's got a word for it, that God's going to do something about it, no matter how possible it is or how impossible it is, I want to tell you, when you start knowing that He he is God, there begins to be a noise. All of a sudden, something begins to happen in you. Hallelujah. Something begins to happen in you. I've seen people go from weeping and mourning to shouting and dancing within moments. Why? They got their eyes off the dry bones and they got their eyes upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They looked up. They looked up. Ezekiel started out in the valley looking down. All he saw. But there was a noise. A rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. You see, it's awesome to have bones that are now connected. Whoo, praise God, stage one. It's now good to have bones that have tendons connecting them, so now they can move. It's now good that they have flesh on them, because now you're not looking at bones, you're looking at, People, I mean, God is the creator, right? He does creative things. He brought all these bones that may have been scattered everywhere, brought them all back together, put tendons on them, put flesh on them. They're standing there. They're laying there, whatever they may be, I don't know. But they're still dead. Still dead. I've seen a lot of people. I call them spiritual zombies. They're walking around. How you doing? I'm good. How's it going? That's good. Right. Don't talk much, do you? Unless there's a game on. Unless I'm playing golf and just sunk a putt. Unless it's just caught a big fish. But I don't believe in getting all excited in church, Pastor. I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people get excited. I've seen them come and go, but I've just made sure I stayed right here. Stayed in the way. I'm in the way. I'm in the way. See, a lot of people need to get out of the way. So some other people get in. I'll leave that for another sermon. I don't have notes. I have no notes today. So whatever I say. But there was no breath. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these that are slain that they may live. Wow. You see, on Wednesday nights I've been talking about how that we are priests. 
and that God says you're, you're now a part of the priesthood, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we are chosen by God to perform great, marvelous deeds in life, to perform the act of a priest, and part of the act of a priest is to lay hands on and bless. We talked about it Wednesday night, how that every Sabbath, Jewish fathers would bring their children, lay their hands on them, and they would speak blessings over them every week. I believe we have spiritual authority given to us by God to speak spiritual things that God shares with us to speak. And when we speak it, I believe it has power and authority that goes with it. Now, I don't believe in speaking into existence things. I don't believe in all that because you can get a little crazy. I've seen some preachers and evangelists and people who are prophets and prophetesses and all that stuff get a little crazy on that, and they're always speaking. That's not what I'm talking about. This is not happening every day in Ezekiel's life. This is something God is saying, I want you to speak to the breath. And I want you to tell it to breathe into these. He's being obedient to God. And here's what he says. So I prophesied as he commanded. And breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet. A vast army. That's a great miracle. And if I were in a different day, in a different setting, I would preach this totally different. I would get all Pentecostal on you, okay? I would be stomping around and raising my voice, and I don't feel that today. What I feel is I want you to hear the Word of God speaking to you. I believe God is saying to you, and I believe God is saying not only to you as an individual, but for us as a church. He wants a new breath in your life. Have you ever been around anybody with stale breath? Sometimes we as Christians, we can get stale breath if we don't have fresh breath. And the only stories we have are 10, 20, 30 years ago. The only stories that we can talk about is stale, it's stale, it's stale. We've, we're tired of listening to them ourselves. But I believe today God wants to breathe a fresh breath into you, a fresh breath into me, and He wants to kind of shake us and rattle us just a little bit to kind of say, hey, do you not know that I am the Lord? And if I want something to happen, it will happen. So many times we ask God to bless what we are doing, and we need to say, God, let us do what you are blessing. And sometimes we get into this whole thing. We because I, I listen, I got caught up a little bit this week, and that's why I believe God is kind of chastening me first. Because we can get caught up in the way things get done. And I kind of was guilty of that this week a little bit, because 
It seems like every church we go to, they're doing the same thing and it's not what we're doing. And, and how many of you want a church running 1,000, 2,000, 5,000? Oh, I'm in the wrong church. How many of you would love to have seven services on a weekend? How many of you know there's enough people in hell, going to hell in Ponca City that could fill this church up 20 times, 30 times? And they're dry today. And we have tendons and flesh. But do you have a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit on you? Because if you do, you'll make a noise. You won't be rattling around. We don't need a bunch of people rattling around in a church then. We need people walking in the Spirit. Talking in the Spirit. Breathing life to others that are around them. Telling them this is what God can do. This is what God says is possible. This is what God, I have seen God. Ezekiel come out of this, this trans, trans vision, if you want to call it, of what God was going to do in the future of the nation of Israel. And he comes out of there and I guarantee he didn't come out of there going, well guys, I got a message today, but I'm not sure if it's going to work or not, but I'm just going to pray, God touch Israel again. Can I tell you, Pastor Ezekiel got up and he began to proclaim the word of the Lord. Here is what the sovereign Lord says. And today I feel very strongly in my spirit that I am speaking to you what God needs to speak to you in your life, in your situation right now, today. He wants to breathe a new breath of the Holy Spirit because until you get the breath of the Holy Spirit, you're just going to stand there. You're just going to lay there. You're not going to do anything until the Spirit of God comes up on you and breathes a fresh life into you. On the day of Pentecost, they were there, but they needed a breath of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if I'm going away, I'm going to send another one, and He will endue you. He will empower you with the Holy Spirit and with fire with fire and tongues like a fire set up on every one of them and every one of them began to make a noise. Why? There was a noise that came from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the house. And there was a noise of the shouts and the praise. Why? That which was dead was all of a sudden having a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit breathed into it. And I got to tell you, he is not quiet when he comes on the scene. He gets loud. Why? I want everybody to know I'm here. I'm here. And it not only happened in the upper room, but they bust out of the upper room and went into the streets at 9 o'clock in the morning. And they said, are these men drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning? Well, they were drinking some wine that was not yet evident to everybody else. The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be drunk in the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you got drunk in the Holy Spirit? When's the last time you got so close to the fire you got burned? 
When was the last time you had a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit breathe deep into your lungs and open up your lungs and open up your chest and open up your eyes to the possibilities of what God can do? When was the last time you said, I know there is a sovereign God and I know His Word is spoken into my life and here's what the sovereign Lord says about this situation. I believe it's time. I believe today God will breathe a new breath into you. Why? Because he has no respect of person. He says, if you hunger and thirst, I will fill you. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you ask, I will give. If you knock, it will be open to you. And so today I want you to stand with me. We're going to do things a little bit different. Because normally we have communion and it's passed out to you. But I would like some of the men to come with help with communion. Some of the ladies, whoever it may be. I want you to come. I want you to take your, the cup and the bread. And I want you to just kind of line up right across here. Because I want us to do something different. That we should always do it this way. I don't know. But today we're going to do it this way. I feel this very strongly this morning. I want just to take the cups and bring them across here. Gentlemen, just grab the plates and just line up right across. Space out pretty good. Jesus took the bread and the cup and they were used to doing Passover a certain way. And he said, let's, let's do it different. Just, yeah, space out. Just stay over that area. Just kind of get a couple of you in front of each section so that everybody can have access. But here's what I want you to do. I talked about it the other Sunday. I said, you know, sometimes we need to shout, but there's not always shouters. I'm not asking you to shout today. If you cannot physically come to the front, please, I understand. But if you can physically come to the front today, I want you to get out from where you're standing and come to the front and I want you to get one of these. They have the bread and, the, and the, the juice already together. I want you to come and I want you to get one. And I want you to just stand across the front. But everyone, please do that, please. Can you go ahead and start with our musicians playing just a little bit? I want you to come and take the cup. And hold on to it. Don't do anything with it yet. Hold. If you cannot physically come to the front, one of our ushers will bring communion to you. If you say, I don't feel comfortable being in such close proximity to someone else, I totally understand. Once you get your cup, you can make sure you have space. You guys, come on in here in the middle. There's, there's quite a few that can't get up front. Just come on in close. Come on in. I took a shower, I'm clean, everything's good, I smell good, everything. Come on in. I want you to hold that bread. Don't open it, don't do anything just yet. Just hold it. If you've opened it, come get another one. It's okay. You did not commit the unpardonable sin. You just anticipated. But I want you to hold it for just a minute. If you've gotten yours, I want you to look at me for just a minute. I want you to listen. I want you to think about something that you need God in your life for. 
For some of you, it may be personal. I've asked God this week to help me say the right thing. And I got to tell you, Pastor Brian, when I was on this ramp, Pastor Richard can tell you, I had totally different message, totally different everything set up. But while you're speaking, God just kept telling me, today I am going to speak to people in this church and my spirit is going to breathe on them. I want a fresh breath of you. For some of you, it may be something that is personal to you. Maybe there's a, a fight over addictions. Maybe there's a fight over the way you're thinking. Maybe there's a, there's a fight in your body. Uh, maybe it's over pornography. I don't know. But we just need to be, can, we, can I just tell you, can we just be honest with God? Maybe there's something in your marriage. Maybe there's something with your kids. Maybe it's health issues. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's your job. I don't know. But I know one thing. I know that He is sovereign Lord. And I know that you can hear the word of the Lord speak to you. And so for the next few moments, I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. We're going to sing a chorus. If you want to sing it, you can sing it. If not, just sit there, stand there, and say, God, I want you. I need you. Maybe you've got dry bones. Maybe you think there's no way. God says, where there seems to be no way, I will make a way. There's nothing that God cannot do. And He wants to do it in your life. He doesn't want us to have stale breath. He doesn't want us to have stories that are old and molded. He wants us to have fresh, fresh of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. Jesus. 
sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at pcachurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.